Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are rallying this morning following gains on Wall Street overnight. Tokyo is up half a percent, Seoul in the green as well. In Sydney, financial counters are leading the way as the Commonwealth Bank of Australia has announced a jump in first-half profits and a share buyback worth $2 billion Australian dollars. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Morning, Michelle. So we're going to miss you for the next couple of days, huh? We are going to be having you take a break from me for a while. Ah, okay, right. It's good news for you because uh, you can talk to other people. Ryan's going to leave and we're all really jealous. All right, let's start this morning with a breakthrough in a Bitcoin hacking case that has led to the largest financial seizure ever. Over five years ago, back in August 2016, hackers broke into the Bitfinex currency exchange and they stole nearly 120,000 Bitcoins. At the time, their haul was worth about 70 million US dollars. Today, those same tokens that have now been recovered are worth 3.6 billion US dollars. Actually, that's how much they were worth at the time of the seizure. Mm. They're now worth more than 4 billion dollars. The two people who've been arrested... Ilya Lichtenstein and his wife Heather Morgan are not accused of undertaking the actual hack, but rather of laundering the money. So $3.6 billion, Ryan, that's a lot of money to launder. Do we know how the couple were caught? Okay, so we don't have the exact details into it, but we have some colour around how they managed to carry out their work. And like you pointed out, they used many fictional identities to set up online accounts. They used computer programs to automate transactions and they laundered all of that in a short space of time. So essentially stealing money and converting what they stole into other currencies. So a lot of movements across the board in the crypto space. But guess what? They were still caught. So crypto is not as anonymous as what some people might think. So that is the message from the Department of Justice you know, where they are saying, you know, whatever you do is still trackable to some extent and you have now seen some proof of it. Uh, the couple have been caught and maybe we could just see this as a bit of a warning sign to other potential hackers. Have you ever watched a Netflix series, Ozark? Yes. This reminds me a lot of what the couple did, you know? The main character, an accountant, if you're just listening and you've never watched Ozark, and he laundered drug cartel money along with his wife. Uh, In this case, stepping away from Netflix, Liechtenstein describes himself as an angel investor in tech companies. His wife, Morgan, is a part-time rapper. And this case dates back to a high-profile hack of Bitfinex, which is an exchange affiliated with the world's biggest stablecoin, tether. So hacks and scams are certainly not a thing of the past. We've been talking about them a lot just this past week. Wormhole, one of the most popular bridges between Ethereum and Solana blockchains, was hacked. How much was taken there? Oh, it's a huge sum. $320 million. So this is, like you pointed out, a bridge, a popular one of the most popular bridges between the Ethereum blockchain network and Solano. So what this um, does is to help um, do transactions between both blockchains. And what happened here is you've got an attacker essentially exploiting a vulnerability uh, where they created what's called a wrapped 
Ethereum token, about 120,000. So this pretty much breaks that bridge. So typically, you've got the tokens in a bit of an escrow status or phase. So it's a one-to-one ratio. So they managed to just find some way to make it such that their tokens were more worth more than what they were entitled to. So you've got some illegal breaking or hacking of the token network and now they are $320 million richer. My social media feeds were erupting this week with news of the wormhole hack with traders cautioning each other to pull out their tokens and put them in cold wallets if they hadn't already done so. In other crypto news, Bitcoin is on its biggest winning streak since September. Bitcoins are currently trading above 44000 US dollars a token, up 14% over the past week. We have some fresh data showing, Ryan, that cryptocurrency and blockchain investments here in Singapore Singapore jumped last year despite efforts to make it more difficult for retail investors to trade. Just how many deals were made and would you say that this perhaps is a sign that Singapore's status as a fintech hub is still going strong? It is still going strong. Let's take a look at that report coming through from KPMG and they are pointing to a record in 2021 where we saw investment in the crypto and blockchain sector jumping more than 10 times last year. Mm. And we saw last year 82 deals worth a combined $1.48 billion. So that's up from $110 million. And if you look at what KPMG is expecting, things should still remain robust despite the somewhat regulatory clamp or dampener coming through on the retail space at least. And if you look in just the past few weeks and days, we are still getting a lot of headlines around crypto investments in Singapore. I think just earlier this week, uh, there was um, a tie-up between ex-Manchester United fans or ex-Manchester United players Mm -hmm. um, with some rich Singaporeans, Peter Lim and his son. Uh, They are setting up what's called a DAO or a tie-up uh, where it's a decentralized autonomous organization. Essentially, fans can buy tokens and those tokens can give them some uh, rights to decide on special projects. So you are still seeing a lot of excitement around NFTs, around token projects. So it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. All right, let's turn to corporate news now and a local story. The online marketplace Carousel looking to buy a major online property marketplace and the acquisition could be a precursor to a SPAC listing over in the U.S. this year. So who is Carousel reportedly trying to buy? Yeah, so you might have used Carousel to sell your secondhand items or stuff that people have given you and you don't want. Uh, So this is seeing Carousel really stepping up into a bigger space property and they have their sites apparently on 99 Group. So this is the marketplace operator, pretty much the rival to Property Guru. Um, So they apparently are looking to acquire them in the lead up to what might be a US Nasdaq listing with a spec. So something they are maybe looking to just um, shape up their business model to make themselves more attractive and to monetize possibly what they um, can do with the platform, the Carousel platform. So it is looking very interesting. Carousel, of course, has been one of the tech darlings in Singapore, a tech unicorn. And what they are going to be doing next is um, possibly going to set a tone for more deals to come. 
So, 99.co, part of Carousel. Next up on the local corporate front, Marina Bay Sands. It's announced its biggest makeover plan since opening back in 2010. So just how much is MBS set to spend for this makeover? And do we know how they're going to spend it? Okay, we are looking at... One billion dollars. So they are looking to reinvest that sum to upgrade their existing property. And this is all part of what they call an ongoing program to enhance the customer experience, to improve the design across its Singapore and Macau properties under Las Vegas Sands. And this is, bear in mind, um, in addition to what they have already announced in terms of their multi-billion dollar expansion back in April 2019. And this will also be the biggest reinvestment since the IR's opening. So as part of this, we are going to see rooms and suites in Tower 1 and Tower 2 of MBS being renovated in the next two years. So what they are promising is a significant upgrade to the luxury lifestyle offerings and that is all tying into the expected uplift in tourism. Speaking of the business of MBS, you know, the total draw happens this Friday. Can you guess what the uh, prize money is? I am expecting it to be in double digits. Is it there yet? It is the largest, possibly the biggest in history for the draw, 16 million. Are you taking part in it? Well, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> 16 million. <laughs> All right. Now that we're encouraging gambling in any way. We turn now to the internet-connected exercise bike company, Peloton, that's been making headlines all week. Now, there's been speculation that the company is up for sale. Well, its business is not the only thing on the chopping block. Apparently, its leadership has as well. What's the latest here? Yeah, Peloton stepping up a gear when it comes to its business. So it has started to shift the parts around and it starts at the top. It's chopping its CEO, John Foley. He was actually the founder of uh, Peloton. Um, so he is being replaced by one of a bit of a veteran, a tech executive, Barry McCarthy. Uh, he is the former CFO of Spotify and Netflix. So he will then become the new CEO and president and join Peloton's board. So this is all part of a wider restructuring where Peloton is going to be cutting roughly 20% of its workforce. That is around 2,800 jobs. So it's a big rejig. And it's also amidst a lot of news and speculation that we might see someone trying to buy up Peloton. And that's after its share price just dropped by quite a bit um, with all the disappointment around its earnings, its outlook after the good times of COVID-19 for the business uh, has pretty much peaked. So it is now in a bit of a, I guess, transition period right now as it try to find, tries to find its feet. And for now, it looks like um, we might not get a deal done, at least in the near term, because of the management shakeup and a potentially strategic overhaul of the business. Peloton also announced that it lost money in the fourth quarter of this year and that it's slashing its forecasts for 2022. Investors applauded news of the leadership change, though Peloton shares jumped 25% overnight. They're headed even higher in after-hours trade. On the broader market, U.S. stocks rallied overnight. The Nasdaq and the Dow both closed up more than 1%. The S&P 500 put in a solid performance as well. Now, we've been debating on the show whether or not it's a good time to to buy the dip. Analysts at JP Morgan Chase, they're bullish and they say they've identified a surefire sign that the market is set to rally. What is it? 
Yeah, this is interesting. So investors always looking out for a system that can give them the leads or indicators to buy and when to buy. So you have JP Morgan Strategies uh, trying out this new model where they have back-tested it and they claim it has proven 100% accurate outside of recessions. So it's quite interesting. They say, look at the CBOE Volatility Index or the VIX Index. Uh, if it rises by more than 50% of its one-month moving average, uh, that is when the buy signal is triggered. And they back-tested it for a few years, um, since 1990. Um, and it has been triggered 21 times. And after that, on average, the S&P 500 index gained 9% in the six months afterwards. So that is um, interesting if you are into these theories and indicators. Uh, it does have a bit of a um, caveat outside of recession. So there was once, once a false signal was produced during the 2008 global financial crisis where the S&P 500 index was still down uh, six months later by 33%. It's rare you see that, that uh, buy signal, the VIX buy signal has proven 100% accurate outside of recessions. In another sign of change or perhaps a return to normalcy, bond yields, they're back at pre-pandemic levels for the first time. So what's the latest on this front? Yeah, interesting times for bond yields is up four basis points from the day before to 1.96% uh, pre pandemic level and the highest during the pandemic era. So you are looking at really uh, quite a fast pace of pickup. Just bear in mind, we started the year at around 1.5%. So in that short space of nearly a month, we are 50 basis points up. And we are looking at quite a few um, tailwinds or at least um, drivers for the expectations. You've got the January jobs report, which came through last Friday, stronger than expected, 467,000 jobs created above the forecast of 150,000. So that really lifted expectations or speculation that the Fed could do more when it comes to hiking rates. And also coming up on Thursday night, we will be getting the US Consumer Price Index, which will indicate possibly a 7.2% increase in headline inflation, which will be the hottest in 40 years. So if it does real surprise on the upside, we could even see a higher extent of rate hikes being priced in already, which we've seen go as high as 7 coming through from the um, Bank of America. All right, time for a quick game of up or down. I want to turn to Pfizer. Pretty tough call for some because ty- uh, Pfizer's earnings are up, but its revenue is down. So what do you see? Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I am going with down. So despite Pfizer forecasting that it has um, pretty much expecting $50 billion in its sales for this year, it's not enough to please shareholders. It saw its shares down 2.8%. Uh, even though fourth quarter profit beat forecasts, its revenue lower than expected and full guidance disappointed. So you are looking at shareholders for now just selling. Yeah, investors selling on the news, but the company is still forecasting over 100 billion US dollars in sales for this year. So I'm going to stick with up. Let's look at BP. BP is going to be an up for me and mm. we are looking at BP returning to profit in its 
FY2021 results. So no surprise perhaps because we've seen how gas and oil prices have really picked up in the past year and this is a huge turnaround from the prior year where it made a loss of $20.3 billion. Uh, But now... For the latest year, it's up $7.6 billion. So definitely an up BP back in the black with seven more than $7 billion US dollars in profits. It's also promising a big share buyback. All right, let's look at UOB. That's going to be an up for me and it has been one of the top gainers this week on the STI. And it's been on a steady uptrend since January 14th when it talked about acquiring Citigroup's consumer banking assets in Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand and Vietnam. So that is really enjoying a few tailwinds on top of the expected rate hikes and the expected recovery in the economy. UOB among the bank stocks doing pretty well so far. Yeah, UOB shares hit an all-time high yesterday, more than $32 per share. So up for me. Now, here's one I, you know, would rather not talk about, but we have to taxi fares here in Singapore. Yeah, that is, unfortunately for some, going up. So Mm. we are looking at cap fares rising from March the 1st and that is going to be the first fair increase in a decade. I believe it's going to be up by around 20 cents. Source of pain for commuters, good news for drivers. There are also uh, taxi fares here in Singapore headed up, unfortunately. Comfort Delgro is raising charges for the first time in 10 years. The average fare set to rise by more than 7%. Let's turn to stock markets now. We are 23 minutes into the local trading day. UOB and Venture Corp led the Singapore market higher yesterday. The Straits Times Index rose more than 1% to close above the 3,400 mark for the first time in more than four years. The SDI is now up nearly 9% over the past five weeks. So how's the blue chip trading this morning? And is it adding to the gains or are we seeing profit taking? Yeah, we've seen the SDI doing quite well in the past few sessions. In fact, it's building on a five-day winning streak yesterday, up around 1%. And so far this morning, extending those gains by 0.3%, 3,412. So it's near a two and a half year high. And looking at where we are on the STI, um, mostly in the green, just six counters in the red. Let's start at the top. Capital DC REIT up by 2.7%, followed by Ascenders REIT, which is in the green by 1.8% at 285 and this is off the back of its um, strong results and also around its view on how it's expecting to deepen its expansion in the US and uh, in Europe. So something I think investors are looking quite positive about and looking at the other top movers, Dairy Farm, City Dev, Capital Corporation still in the green, up 0.8%. Okay, let's take a look at the bottom. And we have the likes of Jardine Matheson right at the bottom, 0.6% at 61.06, followed by Maple Tree Commercial Trust. SGX giving back some of those earlier gains is now down by 0.5%. Also giving back gains, UOB is now down by 0.4% at 32.51. Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. Coming up, how much more turbulence ahead for NASDAQ? We take a look at that at 10.05. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.
Available on Google Play or the App Store.